you fuckers. Shut up and sit down. I wanted to start this um this episode with a question for all of you. When you were a kid, what was your what was your your carrying item of choice for trick or treating? Pillow a pillowcase. Yep, Very same. Nice. Yeah, oh, like oh. candy. What did you use? Because I'm like I'm a pillowcase kid. We were too poor for those weird yeah. Halloween buckets. Yeah, pillow we had Halloween buckets. Right. We can't hold anything though. Mm-hmm. Pillowcases would sling over your shoulder. Yeah. yeah. And then hit people with them mm-hmm. if they try and kidnap you. Mm-hmm. What did you use? Not a pillowcase, but not one of those buckets. I can't remember. It was some sort of bag. Like like a grocery bag or like a maybe yeah like a reusable grocery bag yeah what about you Bernie what did you use for trick or treating a, a box. box a box a unisex a microwave box. a cat a t-shirt pasties oh. <laughs> you had a tray a tray that you loved so much and then something about pasties I had something about rubbing your nipples. Mm-hmm. Like some sort of bag, I don't remember. Really? You talk now? <laughs> <laughs> Going back, that would have been great to trick or treat with a cardboard box. Just put it in here. Just. <laughs> just... Come here. Mark, all right. Come here. Mark, give me more. Let's go. One time for Halloween, I dressed up as a middle aged woman. It was my idea. I well, just my that? Grade five. Oh, a long time ago. I dressed up in my bathrobe and I put curlers in my hair and then I smeared red lipstick on my lips and then like the teachers walked up to me they're like, what are you? I'm like, I'm a middle-aged woman. And none of them thought it was funny because they were middle-aged women. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up? Have you guys seen that meme where it's like Dracula trying to tell his son about sex and he's like, oh yeah. And then when a lady vampire <laughs> loves a man vampire and the kid goes, they do the, the mash. mash. And then the guy, Dracula goes, they do the monster mash. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah, we're that song the same now. We are lively tonight. Aren't we? Oh, we are. Jesus. Who, who are, are we? we? Yeah, who are we? Wait, someone else do the intro. I want to see how this goes. Hell no. Or it, not me. Or <laughs> we could do. Everyone says one word and we no, go around. No, and, no, no, it's no. Disaster. no, no. I think Griffin you should do it. I've already done it. Before. I know, but what you, you, you speak it? really nicely. You guys never do it. Do it, Griffin. <laughs> you have get it, Griffin. Get it. I'm <laughs> vetoing. No. Already do it. I'll do. What's the intro? <laughs> Never mind. No, just, no, 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 Bernie. Can you please do the intro and just like do it from whatever you think we just normally do? Like, yeah. Come, right. come here. Come you have here. to talk loud. Okay. Um, flesh lemon. <laughs> Fuck yeah, flesh lemon. 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 Okay, who are we, Bernie? Fucking flesh lemon. That's who we are. No, no. <laughs> Each individual person. Okay, we... I'll, I'll continue. The I'm rest. sorry, but if there's like ever a live show, that's the clip we play. <laughs> flesh lemon. All Fuck right. yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Flesh lemon. Flesh lemon. <laughs> that was no. That's amazing. <laughs> okay, I'll do. I'll do the rest. Okay, you Thank go. You. Oh, Thank welcome. you. For Thank you for your contribution. contribution. That was okay. beautiful. I'm your not so faithful host, Kaylee Stam. You're the side chick host. I'm the side chick. Um. The side hoe. Oh yes. Okay. Ooh. I'm the side hoe. Of flesh lemon. Um, <laughs> and cedar side hoe. Um, sorry, Cole. <laughs> um, so I am the side hoe of flesh lemon and yeah, cedar wimp metagello, who is across from me, <laughs> freshly showered. Freshly showered. Um, the person I'm still who, damp. The, 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 the person who would punch anybody and scream, "That's my, my wife!" wife. <laughs> um, defend my honor. Yep. Um, to the right of me is the void crummy and mm. sweaty as usual. Mm. It is a very nice grandma. Because she is eating some wonderful cranberry muffins oh, made by oh. Griffin Hayter, who is to the left oh. of me. Oh. You should be doing um, this. I'm <laughs> shitty at this. Um, and we are Flesh Lemon, and every once in a blood Blue moon... moon. We, it is almost a full moon. It is almost a full moon. Every once in a blood moon, mm. we get together and sit in a basement and occasionally get drunk. <laughs> right now we're getting drunk on candy. Yes. Uh, and we play a game called Which Weirdo Wins, in which individual people bring something wonderful and weird from Excuse the wonderful me. and weird world of the World Wide Web. And in this so, case, I'm just And spectating. in this case, the void Wait. did not do anything. I have a better but idea. But she gets a... She, I suck. She, she gets... Um, she works hard. I am exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> so she a gets a pass. <laughs> She's our judge tonight. Hey. There we go. Yeah, so since the void does Whoever not wins have... gets gets me to throw this block of vegan cheese at them. <laughs> <laughs> I really that one hurts I don't so win bad. Tonight. It's dense. Yeah, but you get um, to eat it after. I don't know. Ooh. It kind of smells like feet. 
Before we get going, you were I, doesn't most cheese what it smells like? That, feet? that no. stuff is like aged feet. Aged old man feet. <laughs> Ew. Oh, to be wow. fair though, Daya or Dea is yeah. not the best cheese that you can yeah, buy. Yeah, I know that. It's probably one of the like the lowest grades of cheese. Oh, I'm that sorry. You can buy. We got you low grade oh, that's fine. cheese. Because it's the cheapest, so like I wouldn't be like oh, okay. really like ooh, you guys are the best if you bought like a really high end vegan cheese. Just walk into the grocery store. Give me your finest <laughs> vegan cheese. No, like I'd be like super shocked if you bought an expensive oh, vegan okay. cheese because they're expensive. Mm-hmm. It's like this is fine. I'll still eat. Well, it. they take days to make because it's like processing like nuts and shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, normal. Uh, pretty great. All right, so one, two, three, not it. One, two, three, not it. Oh, Griffin is not it this time. Is Cedar? It's me. Wow. Okay. So, um, what would you would you guys like the long horrible one first or the short funny one? Let's do a long horrible one first. I've got a long sad one and a short sad one. Aww. Oh, I just <laughs> oh. didn't even know what mine. No, I know what mine are obviously, but I don't know if they're long or okay. sad. So I was going to do a whole list of songs inspired by horrible events. Jeremy. Jeremy. Which is like, Jeremy by Pearl Jam is so sad. Mm-hmm. Because it's a song about a kid who killed himself in, one, in his like English class. Like he shot himself in the head in front of a whole bunch of kids. Oh, wow. But his dad, to this day, is like harassed by Pearl Jam fans. Because they just send him letters asking for Jeremy's shit. Ugh. Which is horrible. Also, uh, I don't like Mondays. Yeah, which is Brenda Spencer, which was yeah. the one I was going to do, but I think everybody knows that. It's a 16-year-old girl shot up in an ele- uh, uh, elementary school that she lived across the street from because her dad was an abusive alcoholic. It's like one of the first recorded school shooters. Yeah, and she killed two people, uh, wounded a whole bunch of other ones, but when they asked her why she did it, she just said, I hate Mondays. Oh. So yeah. then the Boomtown Rats uh, wrote that song, Tell me why I don't like Mondays, tell me why, and it's like, Oh. Really sad. I definitely heard it in my for like head a, like, from a, like a a ragtown kind of like jam. I don't mean why I hate my Oh my god! That's how Someone I has it. to remix it. No, Jeez. no, no, no! I feel like nobody should touch that song. Okay, so this <laughs> is a terrible event that inspired a popular song. Gerald Arthur Friend, born 1938, was a serial rapist and kidnapper from Lakewood, Washington currently serving two consecutive 75-year sentences at Airway Heights Correction Center. What song is inspired by him? You'll know. You'll oh figure it out. God. Friend was originally jailed for abducting a 12-year-old boy, uh, 12-year-old girl from Sumner, Washington in Ju- July 1960. He was 22. He picked up the girl hitchhiking and her brother, forced the boy from the car at gunpoint, pi- then drove the girl to Mount Rainier National Park where he beat, raped, and cut her hair. Jesus. The victim eventually escaped by jumping into a river where she was discovered by a passing motorist. Fucking 12 years old. 12 fucking years old and she jumped into a river. Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, several days later, friend, so the guy's last name is friend, so if I keep saying friend, it's him. (laughs) It's not your friend. It's not my friend. He's definitely no one's friend. He's not friend, he's a foe. Yes. Literally. Okay, Friend's father found him hiding in a field near their home. Friend drew a twenty-two uh, caliber pistol and was wounded in the ensuing struggle. His father took him to the hospital and then turned him into the police. Friend was convicted of rape, ter- torture, and was sentenced to a minimum 75 years. Mm-hmm. However, after serving 20 years at Walla Walla, which I assume is a prison. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think, Walla Walla, Washington. I think we've heard it before. Walla Walla, Washington is an actual place. Wow. It's a cute that name. should be that should be their thing. Walla Walla, Walla Washington. Washington. Yes, yes, it's an, an actual place. place. <laughs> we just became the new tourist guides for Walla Walla Washington. Yes. Now we gotta go there. That would be Walla great. Walla Washington. <laughs> to just some random small town. Yeah. In really the like Walla Walla Washington. Actually, Walla Walla Washington would be a really fun place to do a monster of the week at. How many times note. do you think we could say Walla Walla Washington? Walla Walla Washington. Walla Walla Washington. Walla Walla Washington. Walla Walla Washington. Oh my god, this episode. You guys should go and jump in the river to experience what she experienced. <laughs> no, thank you. And then we can walla walla wash. Oh my god, let's go to Walmart. And walla walla wallow. Can we go to Walmart? Ah! <laughs> walla walla Walmart. Walla walla okay, Washington so we're gonna yeah, we're yeah. gonna jump into the river to walla walla wash, to walla walla wallow, and then we're gonna go to the walla walla Washington Walmart to dry off. Oh, it has a population <laughs> of 31,000. Oh, that's, that's not so lot. bad. That's a lot. Like where we live. Alright, so this is where it gets real dumb, because he was sentenced to a minimum of 75 years. 
However, after serving 20 years and escaping twice, he was paroled in 1980. So they were like, yeah, you may have raped and tortured a little 12-year-old girl, and you escaped twice, but we're gonna let you go. Wow. It was the 80s. Oh, of course. It was the 80s. Of course it was the 80s. So, in June of 1987, seven years after he paroled, and I'm pretty sure he did a whole bunch of other horrible shit between these two points, because this guy's like a serial rapist. You don't go seven years without attacking a child. Mm. Um, so, in 1987, he adopted four, a 14-year-old girl at knife point when she accepted a ride after a rock concert. Mm -mm. He repeatedly raped and tortured her while she was tied to a pulley suspended from the ceiling of his mobile home. Jesus. The girl escaped by jumping from his truck at a gas station. That's why I don't like mobile homes. And it was rumored that he tortured her with a blowtorch. Oh my god. Okay, a friend was stopped a day later for a traffic violation and arrested when the deputies recognized him. He was... Convicted of first-degree kidnapping and rape that August, he was ordered to serve the remainder of his sentence from 1960. So they were like, yeah, we let you go, but since you did something bad again, you have to finish your sentence. Just make him finish the sentence in the first place. Right? Jesus. In addition to another 75-year sentence tacked on to the end of that, and the and the following year, his second victim, victim sued the state and Department of Corrections for premature paroling friend in 1980. Good. Good for her. Mm. Police suspected friend in the Green River Killer case oh. and considered him a suspect in the murder of two girls in Tacoma in 1987. However, police were unable to uncover a connection between those crimes. Now, after hearing this story, Everyone's favorite Irwin-addicted, flannel-wearing grunge boy, Kurt Cobain, decided to write a song about it. Here are the following lyrics to Polly. Oh, God. Um, released in 1991. So after hearing the story and listening to the song again, I wanted to throw up. Polly wants a cracker. I think I should get off her first. I think she wants some water to put out the blowtorch. It isn't me. We have some seed. Let me clip your dirty wings. Let me take a ride. Don't cut yourself. I want to help to please myself. I've got some rope. You have been told. I promise you I have been true. Let me take a ride. Don't cut yourself. I want some help to help myself. Polly wants a cracker. Maybe she would like some food. She asks me to untie her. A chase would be nice for a few. Polly said her back hurts. She's just as bored as me. She caught me off my guard. It amazes me the will of instinct. Jesus oh Christ. wow! And that was a terrible thing that inspired a terrible song. Yikes! That's a big yikes. That's a big yikes. Yeah, yeah, yikes! A fucking million, Kurt yeah. Cobain. Big yikes. Well, well. Told you it was bad. That's bad. That told you it was bad. Very bad. All right. Hmm. Cool. Someone make me laugh. <laughs> Someone. <laughs> no. None of mine are lighthearted. You have to choose who goes next because neither one of ours are happy. Or the judge. Yeah. Can we just refer to you as the, the judge? judge. This episode, you're no longer the void. You're just the judge. Kaylee. You okay. want ants? <laughs> <laughs> you want ants? Yes, I need some brains. Okay. Can um, you pass me a judging muffin? Judging muffin. Does anybody else want one? Because this will be my third one if somebody else wants one. No, it's okay. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> There's two left. Well, yours was kind of short, Cedar, so I'll do a long one. Okay, I'll go with my short one. Yeah, there we go. Okay. So I did this one on Jeannie, who was a most famous feral child. Oh, I learned about this kid in anthropology oh, class. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Jeannie, who was born in 1957 is a pseudonym for an American feral child who is the victim of severe abuse, neglect, and social isolation. Her circumstances are prominently recorded in the uh, Journals of Linguistics and Abnormal Child Psychology. When she was a baby, her father concluded that she had a severe intellectual disability, a view which intensified as she got older, causing him to dislike her and withhold care and attention. At approximately the time she reached the age of 20 months, he decided to keep her as socially isolated as possible, 
as a result of this belief. So from that time until she reached the age of 13 years and seven months, he kept her locked away alone in a room. Shit. That's so awful. During this time, he almost always kept her strapped to a child's toilet or bound her in a crib with her arms and legs completely immobilized, forbade anyone from interacting with her, provided her with almost no stimulation of any kind, and left her severely malnourished. The extent of her isolation prevented her from being exposed to any significant amount of speech, and as a result, she did not acquire language during her childhood. So, she's now 60, 61 years old, and is a ward She's of still this- alive? Yeah, she is still alive. She was born in 1957. She's two years older than my dad. Oh my god. She is a ward of the state, though, in California, and currently lives in an old folks' home. Uh, for old folks who have um, mental disabilities. Mm. Just her dad was a piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, really? yes, but like more into it, he was like a piece of shit and very messed up. Like he had some trauma of his own that he did not ever sort through. So Jeannie was the last and second surviving of four children born to parents living in Arcadia, California, which is very ironic because Arcadia, I'm pretty sure, is a Latin, something Latin or uh, Christian belief. Arcadia is like a utopia. Oh. There's like paintings of Arcadia and it's like lush and green and beautiful and everything. So it's kind of ironic that she lived in Arcadia. Isn't that what like all those hipsters wanted to name British Columbia and California if we became our own country? That's Cascadia. Cascadia. Mm. Cascadia. We're close. Yeah. So her father. Thanks for fact checking. Yeah. <laughs> so her father worked in a factory as a flight mechanic during World War II, and continued in aviation f- afterward. And her mother, who was around twenty years younger, Ew. and from an Oklahoma farming family, had come to Southern California as a teenager with family friends uh, fleeing the Dust Bowl. So during her early childhood, Jeannie's mother sustained a severe head injury in an accident, giving her lingering neurological damage that caused degenerative vision problems in one eye. Jeannie's father mostly grew up in orphanages as the f- in the American Pacific Northwest. His father died as a result of lightning strike, and his mother ran a brothel while only infrequently seeing him. Additionally, his mother gave him a feminine first name, which made him the target of constant um, taunting. A boy named Sue. Yeah. That fucking song pisses me off. I know. As a result, he harbored extreme resentment towards his mother during childhood, which Jeannie's brother and the scientist who studied Jeannie believed was the root cause of his subsequent anger problems. Mm. When Jeannie's father reached adulthood, he changed his first name to one which was more typically masculine, and his mother began to spend as much time with him as she could. He became almost singularly fixated on his mother, despite the relentless arguments about her attempts to convince him to adopt a less rigid lifestyle and treat all other relationships as secondary at best. Soon after Jeannie's parents married, he prevented his wife from leaving home and beat her with increasing frequency and severity. Her eyesight, steadily deteriorating due to lingering effects from the existing neurological damage, the onset of severe cataracts, and a detached retina in one eye, leaving her increasingly dependent on her husband. Mm. So, Jeannie's father disliked children and wanted none of his own, finding them noisy, but around five years into their marriage, his wife became pregnant. This child, an apparently healthy daughter, caught pneumonia after her father found her cries disturbing and placed her in the garage and died at the age of 10 weeks. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Their second child, born approximately a year later, was a boy diagnosed with RH incompatibility, which I looked that up and it's a blood disease, normally passed down in genes, uh, who died two days of age. Either from complications of RH incompatibility or from choking on his own mucus. Wow. Three years later, they had another son who doctors described as healthy despite also having RH incompatibility. His father forced his wife to keep him quiet, causing significant physical and linguistic developmental delays. When he reached the age of four, his maternal grandmother took over his care for several months and he made good progress before she eventually had to return him to his parents. So, Jeannie's early life, so she was born about five years after her brother, um, which was also around the time that her father began to isolate himself 
and from and his family from others. So at birth, she was only in the 50th percentile for weight. The following day, she showed signs of RH incompatibility and required a blood transfusion. Um, A medical appointment at three months showed that she was gaining weight normally, but also found a congenital hip dislocation, which required her to wear a highly restrictive splint from the age of four and a half to 11 months. The splint caused Jeannie to walk late, and researchers believe this led her father to start speculating that she had an intellectual disability. As a result, he made a concentrated effort not to talk to or pay attention to her, and strongly discouraged his wife and son from even doing so as well. Wait, so was she actually developmentally delayed in the beginning? Nobody actually really knows. Because how she is now is so severe from the abuse she suffered that they actually don't they're not quite sure if she even had an intellectual disability or her father was just like like a dickhead a dickhead well and well she was mm-hmm. also, she yeah so the moral of this story is like you had a kid that child is your fucking responsibility Take care of it, and if you can't, give it to someone who can. I know. So yeah, so it states here that there's little information about Jeannie's early life, but available records indicate that for her first months that she displayed relatively normal development. So it was probably just from the abuse that she suffered. Gross. So at age of 11 months, Jeannie was still in overall good health and had no noted mental abnormalities, but had fallen into the 11th percentile for weight, and I think this is because of her RH incompatibility. Mm. Um, the people who later studied her believe this was a sign that she was starting to suffer some degree of malnutrition. When Jeannie was 14 months old, she came down with a fever and uh, pneumonitis, and her parents took her to a pediatrician who had not previously seen her. The pediatrician said that, although her illness prevented a definitive diagnosis, there was a possibility she had an intellectual disability and that the brain function... Um, Kernicterus, there we go, (laughs) might be present, which only amplified her father's conclusion that she was severely intellectually disabled more. So a doctor that had never seen her before was like, yeah, she might have something, and her father was like, ah, that's proof enough. So, um, things get worse. This guy sounds like the terrible principal from Forrest Gump. Yeah. Do you remember that guy where he's like, your, this is the average, and your son is right here. Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, I haven't seen awful. Forrest Gump in a really long he was, time. It's actually, the movie doesn't really hold up, but that guy was gross. He yeah. was, like, greasy and mean. Yes. Forrest Mom was cool. She was. Oh, yes. It was also played by Sally Hawkins. So, anyway. So, <laughs> so Forrest six, Gump cor- corner. Right, so, six months after this, when Jeannie was 20 months old, her paternal grandmother died in a hit-and-run traffic accident. Her death affected Jeannie's father far beyond normal levels of grief. And because his son had been walking with her, he held his son responsible, further heightening his anger. So Jeannie's 20 months, that's almost two years old, and she's five. So her brother was almost seven years old. And He blamed a seven-year-old? Yeah. Gross. Um, when the truck driver received only probationary sentence for both manslaughter and drunk driving, Jeannie's father became dissolute or delusional with rage. Scientists believe these events made him feel society had failed him and convinced them he needed to protect his family from the outside world. And in doing that, he lacked the self-awareness to recognize the destruction his actions caused. Because he believed Jeannie was severely intellectually disabled, he thought she would require additional protection from him. And he, therefore, decided he needed to entirely hide her existence. He immediately quit his job, moved his family into his mother's two-bedroom house, where he demanded his late mother's car and bedroom be left completely untouched as shrines to her, and further isolated his family. Gross. Um, So upon moving, Jeannie's father increasingly confined Jeannie to the second bedroom in the back of the house, while the rest of the family slept in the living room. So during the daytime for approximately 13 hours, Jeannie's father tied her to a child's toilet in a makeshift harness designed to function as a straitjacket. While in the harness, she wore only diapers and could only move her extremities. At night, he usually tied her into a sleeping bag and placed her in a crib with a metal screen cover 
keeping her arms and legs immobilized, and researchers believe that he even sometimes left her on the child's toilet overnight. That's so much work. Like, why not just raise her give, raise her or like give her up like give her to somebody who will take care of her but i guess this was in the day and age where like a child like that was a shame quote unquote like yeah i mean back in like well the 50s and uh, yeah, 60s yes. if you had a child with intellectual disability or like um for example down syndrome yeah you would just send them off you would just send them off to an institution. And this was which the, the insti- middle of the dust bowl right no it was this is all after the dust bowl oh. but also of course we all know how institutions like that were actually That's were. Right. I forget how terrible because, the old times were. Because well, it is still pretty it's terrible. It's still pretty it terrible pretty, now. Pretty terrible because I even talked about how, like, Geraldo Rivera exposed an institution for children with mental disabilities, and they were naked, covered in feces and everything, right? right? So, in the 80s. That was in the 70s. The 70s. So, anyway, so... Um, that was the saddest gang sign in the 70s. So and you were just, 70. like, really sadly threw up, like, a peace sign. <laughs> so, um, researchers concluded that if Jeannie vocalized or made any other noise, her father beat her with a large plank that he kept in her room. Oh. To keep her quiet, he bared his teeth and barked and growled at her like a wild dog and grew his fingernails out to scratch her. What the fuck? If he suspected her of doing something he did not like, he made these noises outside the door and beat her if he believed she had continued to do so, instilling an intense and persistent fear of cats and dogs and genie. Whoa. No one definitively discerned the exact reason for his dog-like behavior, although at least one scientist speculate he may have viewed himself as a guard dog and was acting out the role. Wait. So he and his... his he had also had, like, crazy mental illness going on, too. Like, yeah. But he had a wife and an other kid that were just fine. I mean, he abused no, them. he abused the shit out of them, But they weren't, too. like, weird animal people. No. Well, Jeannie's mother wasn't exactly the best, either. And this gets into it. Like, my... my The cogs in my brain are trying to figure out how, like, this, this happened. Yeah. Without anyone being, like, weird dog man had two kids a little while ago. Like... Yeah. Um, so, as a result, Jeannie learned to make as little sound as possible and otherwise gave no outward expressions. Uh, she even developed a tendency to masturbate in socially inappropriate contexts, which led doctors to seriously consider the possibility that Jeannie's father subjected her to sexual abuse, mm. although they never uncovered any definitive evidence. I'm oh thinking maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, he fed her as little as possible and refused to give her solid food. Fed her only baby food, cereals, um, occasionally soft-boiled eggs, and liquids. Um... Her father, or when coerced, her brother, spoon-fed her, um, or spooned food into her mouth as quickly as possible, and if she choked or could not swallow fast enough, the person feeding her would rub her face in the food. Um, in early 1972, Jeannie's mother told researchers that around 11 at night when possible, she serendipitously... Ser- oh my god, I can't speak today. Serendipitously? Thank you. That's not that's the right word. Not right. Sure. Serendipitously? I don't know. No, that's oh, happy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so she tried to give Jeannie additional food, which actually caused Jeannie to develop an abnormal sleep pattern in which she would slept from 7 to 11 p.m., woke up for a few minutes, and then fell back asleep for an additional six and a half hours. This pattern continued for several months after removal from captivity. Um, so her father had an extremely low tolerance for noise, to the point of even refusing to have a working television or radio in the house. Whoa. He never allowed his wife or son to speak, and would viciously beat them if they did so without permission, Whoa. and particularly forbidden them to speak to or around Jeannie. Any conversation was therefore quiet and out of Jeannie's earshot, which prevented her from hearing any meaningful amount of language. Um, he kept her in the room in extreme dark, and the only available stimuli were the crib, the chair, curtains on each of the windows, three pieces of furniture, and two plastic rain jackets. Um, on rare occasions, her father allowed her to play with plastic food containers, old spools of thread, TV, gri- TV guides, with many of the illustrations cut out, and the raincoats. Throughout this time, her father almost never permitted anyone to leave the house, only allowing his son to go to and from school and required him to prove his identity through various means before entering. And to discourage disobedience, he frequently sat in the living room with a shotgun in his lap. This guy is a psycho. Yeah. I'm really surprised this dude just wasn't a serial killer. I mean, he did technically destroy one life. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
Janie's mother was passive by nature and almost completely blind by this time. Her husband continued to beat her and threatened to kill her if she attempted to contact her parents, close friends who lived nearby, or even the police. Jeannie's father also forced his son into silence, giving him instructions on how to keep his father's actions secret and beating him with increasing frequency and severity. And as he got older, his father forced him to carry out progressively more of his abuse of, of Jeannie in the same manner. Um, Jeannie's father was convinced that she would die by age 12 and promised that if she survived past that age, he would allow his wife to seek outside assistance for her. But when, just the way this is written is really weird. So when Jeannie turned 12, her mother took no action for another year and a half. Oh. So eventually, uh, October 1970, when Jeannie was 13 years and six months old, her parents got into a violent argument, um, in which her mother threatened to walk out if she could not call her own parents. So eventually... He relented, and that day she left with Jeannie when he was out of the house and went to her parents' place. By this time, Jeannie's brother, 18, had already run away from home and was living with friends. Good job, kid. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, around three weeks later, on November 4th, her mother decided to apply for disability benefits for the blind. And because of her near blindness, she accidentally entered social services next door. So the social worker greeted them and instantly sensed something was wrong. When hmm. she saw that Jeannie was um, not six or seven years old as she thought, because she looked like a six, seven-year-old at 13 years age. She was that age. small. Yep. Oh, my God. Uh, she well, also, yeah, she was feeding, he was feeding her baby food and yeah, what, know. bread? Soft-boiled eggs. Soft-boiled eggs. And cereal. Yep. Um, so after... After they questioned Jeannie's mother some more and got Jeannie's actual age, they immediately contacted the police. Jeannie's parents were arrested, and Jeannie became a ward of the court. And then, thus, began a long, long road um, of where she was in multiple case studies and multiple foster homes as well. That. You think that after realizing the abuse she's been under, you just, like, wouldn't study her? You would just, like, yeah, let know. her be a kid for once? Uh, nope. They did not do that. Um, <sighs> so, James Kent was the... I don't think she would know how to be a kid. I don't I even know think that. she knows that she's yeah. human. So, James Kent, who was the scientist in charge of her case study, stated that his initial examinations of Jeannie revealed by far the most severe case of child abuse he would ever encounter... And he became extremely pessimistic about Jeannie's prognosis. She was extremely pale, grossly malnourished, standing at four feet six inches tall, and That's weighing... shorter than me. Yeah, I know. And I'm short. Um, the void is small. Small. Mm. This is a fact. Mm. Five this foot two. This is a rock mm. fact. Yep. Rock fact. Void fact. Um, <laughs> void fact. It, it's, uh, void fact. <laughs> yeah, so four feet tall, four feet six inches tall, only 59 pounds. Jesus. Had two nearly full sets of teeth in her mouth and a distended abdomen. The restraining harness her father used has has caused, had caused a thick callus and heavy black bruising on her buttocks, which took several weeks to heal. A series of x-rays found that Jeannie had a moderate, um, coxivalgia in both hips and an undersized rib cage. And she was kept in the dark, right? So Mm -hmm. she was like... never exposed to sunlight nope. severe vitamin d deficiency oh, yeah. i'm surprised she actually survived i know uh they also determined her bone age to be that of an 11 year old despite early tests confirming she had normal vision in both eyes she could not focus them on anything more than 10 feet away corresponding to the dimensions of the room her father kept her in that's like i just listened to the last episode of um the three-parter that last podcast did on the west memphis three mm-hmm. and um one of the guys that was kept in solitary for 18 years damien eccles oh, yeah. can't see two past two feet past the front of his past his face and he has to wear sunglasses all the time because he was so deprived at sunlight that he can't see in bright lights anymore which is awful just because of fucking solitary confinement mm-hmm. prisons are not for humans anymore prison um, reform man that was a good rhyme <laughs> I, 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 uh, I did it she also had Fine motor skills of approximately a two-year-old. She could not chew and had severe dysphagia, 
um, which is a total incapability of swallowing solid or soft foods. Oh, poor kid. And was barely able to swallow liquids. When eating, she held anything she could not swallow in her mouth until her saliva broke it down. And if this took too long, she spat it out and mashed it with her fingers. She was also completely incontinent and did not respond to extreme temperatures. Um, She was just, like, used to the cold and the heat. Her mental age was that of a 13-month-old. So she pretty much stopped developing as soon as she went into that room. Pretty much, yeah. Sick. Um, she could not distinguish between people and showed no signs of attachment to anybody, including her mother and brother. She would not allow anyone to touch her, quickly shying away from any physical contact, and while she sat on her mother's lap when requested, she remained very tense and got up as quickly as possible. Hospital staff also wrote that her mother seemed entirely oblivious to Jeannie's emotions and actions. The story is a wild ride. Oh, yeah. Just, like, the different emotions I'm feeling are, like, depression, loss, disgust. It's a roller... Yeah, it's a roller coaster of just shit. Shock that someone is, like, this evil. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um... Leave the babies alone. No, don't leave the babies alone. No, that's what happened here. Yeah, I know. Give them attention. <laughs> Give the babies attention. All the attention they need. Fucking so God. they can develop properly. So she was put into um foster homes. Isn't there one the one only existing photo of her of her face? I think I've seen it before. Yeah. Like from one of the case studies. And she like looks like a normal kid, which is like weird. But it's like a photo that's literally just like basically from like her chin to the top of her head. What was her name again? Jeannie. Jeannie. So, yeah, she was placed into two foster homes. Um, her first one... Man, those had to be some fucking brave, experienced yeah. foster parents. Um, yeah, you're getting your... You're not getting your usual um, abandonment issues child. You're getting one way worse. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Mm-hmm. It's the photo. Think. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, so her first foster home, um, she was childless and unmarried. And at the time, living alone. Um, they also, the reason why they put her in foster care was because they decided that placing her in an isolation ward at the hospital would potentially be highly damaging to her social and psychological mm-hmm. development. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. Yeah, you don't say. I not think the last 12 fucking <laughs> years were any of them saying that. Come on, guys. Um, so, Jeannie um, liked to collect and hoard a dozen of containers of liquid in her room. Although she, uh, her foster mom's name was Jean Butler. So they, with Jean Butler, she eventually got over her tolerance of, or no, she eventually tolerated fence dogs, but there was never any progress with cats. So she did eventually get over her fear of dogs. fence dogs, though. There had to be a barrier between her and the dog. Mm-hmm. Um... Jeannie's mother uh, continued to visit Jeannie around the time Jeannie moved in with Butler. She received corrective surgery for her cataracts, and which restored much of her vision. Um, Butler, however, didn't like James Kent and Susan Curtis, who's the other researcher on Jeannie's uh, like team, uh, because she thought that they put her through too much. Which is, like, doing anything to this kid outside of just, yeah. like, holding, holding her, her and feeding yeah. her candy is, like, terrible. Like, she doesn't deserve to go through any more bullshit. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's for a study. Like Yeah. Um, so, researchers believe that Butler had good intentions for Jeannie, but they criticized Butler's unwillingness to work with them and thought she negatively affected Jeannie's care in the case study. Several of the scientists, including Susan Curtis and Howard Hansen, recalled Butler openly stating that she hoped Jeannie would make her famous. And Curtis um, especially remembers Butler repeatedly... Cur- proclaiming herself as the next Anne Sullivan. So. Okay, we don't know. Everybody in this. Yeah. Everybody in this is maybe a bit. You take their words with a grain of salt. Mm. She was then placed into a second foster home because um, authorities rejected Butler's application to foster Jeannie some more. So she was placed into a second foster home um, with... Uh, with Riggler, who was, I believe, another scientist. And him and his wife, Marilyn, took care of Jeannie for a while. Um, 
also when Jeannie went through puberty she showed when she finally went through puberty she showed signs of more improvement probably because she was getting you know hormones and then more stuff was happening in her yeah. brain mm-hmm so eventually there was a loss of funding and a loss in the research interest so they just kind of stopped thank god um so when Jeannie turned 18 her mother stated she wished to care for her and in mid-1975 the Wrigglers decided to end their foster parenting and agreed to let Jeannie move back in with her mother at her childhood home let me just say bad fucking plan no 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 yeah well living, to- yeah. well, living together, Jeannie's mother found many of Jeannie's behaviors, especially her lack of control, very distressing. And after a few months of, ta- of the task of care for care, task of caring for Jeannie by herself quickly overwhelmed her. She then contacted the California Department of Health to find care for Jeannie, which David Riggler said she did without him or Marilyn's knowledge, and in the latter part of 1975, authorities transferred Jeannie to the first that would become a succession of foster homes. So her mom didn't tell her second foster parents that she was doing this, so the so Department of Health just kind of her. tossed her into any foster home. She was, all, she was then again subjected to extreme physical and emotional abuse which resulted in both the incontinence and constipation re- resurfacing and caused her to revert to her coping mechanisms of silence. So years of progress were immediately reverted because she was placed into random foster homes one who after the other. Who didn't know how to handle who her. Who didn't know how to handle her, and she reverted back. So eventually, David Riggler removed her from her from this uh, the last foster home she was in, in which she noted extreme deterioration in Jeannie's condition. So, um, because of Jeannie's previous treatment, David Riggler arranged for her to stay at the children's hospital for two weeks until she moderately improved. Then she was placed into another foster home where she did fairly well, but in mid-December, the arrangement very suddenly ended. So, Jeannie did not understand the reasons that she was moving and believed it was her fault for not being a good enough person. (laughs) And the frequency in which her living arrangements changed further traumatized her and caused continual developmental digression. Um, um, so then, eventually, there was a lawsuit. Um, Jeannie's mother decided to sue Curtis and the Children's Hospital um, because she um, didn't like what was published when Curtis finished and presented her dissertation entitled Jeannie, a psycholinguistic study of a modern-day wild child. So, um, Jeannie's mother sued them. But, like, if you don't like the study, then, uh, don't abuse your child? Yeah. I mean, yes. Like, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, lady, I understand you are abused too, but you have literally done nothing for this kid since she fell out of your vagina. <laughs> um, so... Jeannie then went through more foster homes. She was subjected to extreme physical abuse and harassment. Poor girl. Just, you know, nothing went right for her. Um, And she is a ward of the state, probably until the day she dies. She lives in an undisclosed location in L.A. Um, Someone uh, did at one point hire a private investigator to locate Jeannie in 2000. And the private investigator uh, found that she was living a simple lifestyle in a small private facility for mentally under, underdeveloped adults and appeared to be happy. She only spoke a few words but could still communicate fairly well in sign language. Oh. Uh, news stories reported that Jeannie's mother died of unspecified natural causes Good. at the age of 87 Good. in 2003 and featured the only public interview that Jeannie's brother, who was living in Ohio, gave about either his or Jeannie's lives. He told reporters that since leaving L.A. area, he had visited Jeannie and their mother only once and had refused to watch or read anything about Jeannie's life until just prior to the interview, but said he had recently heard Jeannie was doing well. Um, A story by journalist Rory Carroll in The Guardian, published in July 2016, reported that Jeannie still lived in state care and her brother died in 2011 and that despite repeated efforts, Susan Curtis has been a- unable to renew contact with Jeannie. Wow. 
So Jeannie is one of the best known case studies of language acquisition in a child with delayed linguistic development outside of studies on deaf children. There's also been ethical disputes about how Jeannie, about Jeannie's treatment, because it was the 70s and um, several people also emphasize the lack of distinction between her caretakers and her therapists. Mm. Uh, the Wrigglers, though, which was her second foster home. The um, Wrigglers. Yeah, Wrigglers. They maintain... Slippery people. <laughs> uh, the people who... That Jeannie's mother... When Jeannie's mother got custody of her, but then was like, I can't take care of her, she didn't contact Marilyn or David, and they stated that their home had been the best available option for Jeannie at the time. And that said that both they and everyone who worked with her thought that she was doing well. They also said that they genuinely loved Jeannie and always provided her with the best care possible, pointing out that she had made substantial progress in every aspect of her development while living with them. And that they and Curtis both said Jeannie's mother had prevented them from continuing to work with Jeannie as they had wanted. So David and Marilyn genuinely loved Jeannie and wanted the best for her, but her mother just kept getting in the way. Because all of a sudden she actually like she cared about her, which is like and like I don't after know. so many years, lady, like you lost your fucking chance. Yeah, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Hand me that mug of candy. I need to drown my sorrows. All right, Griffin, mm-hmm. next. That was so sad. Oh, yeah, I know. God. That's so depressing. This is such a flop from like the the last episode. Oh my god. Anyway, you're up. Yeah, you gotta follow that. I'm up. Mine's a follow up from a topic I did. Several episodes ago, I don't no, know which one now. Okay. Which I think it was my weird laws one, mm. and one of them was like the banning of reincarnation in uh, Tibet or oh, in yeah. China. So. Well, yeah, I kind of know the reason behind that in Tibet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that because people kept trying to mummify themselves? No, no, no. no. It has to do with the Dalai Lama. Ah. Yes. And China's issue with. Yes. Oh, fuck so, that. So this is largely taken from the John Oliver segment, which I recommend watching, in which he actually interviews the Dalai Lama, which is yeah. quite John, fun. Yeah, oh, I like John Oliver. Yeah. The Dalai Lama just seems like a real chill So I basically have a whole bunch of bullet points to sum it up, and then I'll try and elaborate in them. So the Dalai Lama is the head of the Buddhist faith, both sort of a spiritual and political leader. His image is currently banned in China. Yeah. And other people have been banned from China simply from meeting with him, including Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Lady Gaga. So basically, that's because Buddhism was basically is basically the main sort of political and religious foundation of Tibet, which China thinks is part of China, not a separate thing. And Tibet wants to be separate. Well, they were separate until China stole them. Yeah. Uh, so China invaded Tibet in 1950, destroyed a bunch of temples and monasteries, stuff like that. Uh, since 2009, 146 Tibetans have self-immolated, so setting themselves on fire in protest for this. Wow. Mm-hmm. Which also happened in Vietnam during the yeah. war, and I just finished watching the documentary on that, which is, oh my god. Anyway. I also went on a cool drunken rant about the Vietnam War one day, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. This one showed at least once a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in one example, Chinese police officers started beating one of these people on fire. Then, because their uniforms were damaged by the flames, the officers demanded compensation from the man's family for damaging their uniforms oh, with this fire. my God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe you shouldn't have beat the shit out of him while he was dying. Yeah. So, the yeah. Dalai Lama fled China in 1959 and has not returned since. God. Sorry, the <laughs> cheese wheel took me took me for a loop. What is a cheese? Give me, give no, me the- my cheese. Fine. Butt cheese, right, right. there. I'm gonna want one of those. Six and an and cheese. Okay, let's get through this before we start okay. fussing about cheese. Ugh, I'm already um, cheese fussy. For over 50 years, the Dalai Lama's lived in exile in India, and he's now in his 80s. Yeah. So, bring he's us living back. Living in exile in India? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been back to China since 1959. There's actually a video of him, like, I think it's like some British newscast of, like, People thought the Dalai Lama was dead, but he's Fred the Red Tyranny, as they called it. They, they, um, they Fred? What? You said they Fred. They Fred? They Fred. They fled. They fled. You know what I meant? Okay. Yeah. Um, that was so, actually the best interaction ever. <laughs> Sorry, all I heard was, but he's Fred the Red Tyranny? Yeah, and I was no, like, who's Fred? Like, he, fled, he fled the Red Tyranny. Okay. Uh, okay, okay. Um, 
So bring it back to reincarnation. I'm sorry. Can we just make Fred the Red Tyranny like some kind of superhero? Oh my god. Would be a villain. Like a Tibetan monk dressed in all red. Well, if it's Tibetan, he wouldn't no, be the sorry. Red Tyranny. The he... Red Tyranny is communist China. Yeah. Uh, you mm. got confused. I got real confused. <laughs> Can we just make Tibetan You're not monk? a history buff. No. <laughs> yeah, but now right. I just really want to see like a uh, superhero that's a Tibetan monk that isn't Doctor Strange because they whitewashed the shit out of that. That whole movie was just the worst. Mm-hmm. Can we just, I need to say this right now. Please do not hire a blonde hair, blue eyed, six foot tall, English white woman to play a Tibetan monk. Stop. What, the, the ancient one? Yeah. She's yeah. supposed to be Celtic. Really? Yeah. Okay, but Doctor Strange himself is not supposed to be. Right? No, he's supposed to be Egyptian. I thought okay. he. I thought he was. Um, I thought the ancient one was. Um, because in the comic books. In the comic books, I don't know. In the movie, they say they say she's. We, the only thing we know is she's like, uh, like nine hundred years old and Celtic or something like no. that. In the comic books, I think she was Asian or he. They were Asian. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, and that was racism corner. Yeah. <laughs> So, what brings us back to reincarnation is in the Buddhist faith, when the Dalai Lama dies, uh, he chooses to reincarnate in a new body, like a new kid, and the person who finds him is someone called the Panchen Lama, which most people don't know about. So, there's the Dalai Lama and the Panchen Lama, and they play basically a game of like hide and seek back and forth. That's kind of cute. So, the Dalai Lama finds the Panchen Lama, Panchen Lama finds the Dalai Lama, and back and forth, back and forth. Um, the ninth Panchen Lama identified the current Dalai Lama, and many years ago, the current Dalai Lama identified a six-year-old boy named, oh god, Geren Nima, as the next Panchen Lama. So it's basically this old man going up to a little boy and going like, yes, you are special. Yes. Yes, you are special. But in a less creepy way, it's more of like a really lovely monk old man who f- knows eternal peace walking it's... up to a little boy and goes one day you will find me in the afterlife and that little boy going like okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna go eat some cheese now yeah. go eat some cheese <laughs> okay so the current dialogue identified the six-year-old kid as the next pension llama but then the problems start because that boy and his family were kidnapped by the chinese government in 1995 and oh. have not been seen since oh no to basically halt this path but if they killed the kid and the Dalai Lama just they like apparently have rein- killed the kid rein- oh but he's gonna die at some point which just means he reincarnates it just means he they gets found again you can't stop the cycle well well hmm. it gets weird um they're to, trying though <laughs> to discredit the real Dalai Lama the Chinese government held a traditional Buddhist ceremony and named their own Panchen Lama so some other kid who is supposedly gonna be very favorable towards the Chinese that government that kid's gonna be so fucked up yeah which so now there's this huge divide in the Buddhist faith over that for like this traditional this whole Tibetan Buddhist and stuff like that. Child centered. Yeah. yeah. Did the you abuse guys plan of this? kids. This episode is all about the abuse of kids. I'm sorry. The abused kids. Yeah. So this means that the this new Chinese government approved Panchen Lama would theoretically choose a future Dalai Lama that was very favorable to the Chinese government. So. Isn't there something that's like a complete oxymoron about a government chosen spiritual leader? Yeah. Current Dalai Lama has said he may not choose to reincarnate at all, or if he does, it won't be inside of Tibet. Well, it's a choice to reincarnate? Apparently. Well, the whole thing with the Dalai Lama is like, it. the Dalai Lama is someone who found enlightenment, and instead of passing to Nirvana, decided to stay and help others find enlightenment. That's the whole reincarnation thing, mm. is instead of like, he's done it right, because you keep getting reincarnated until you find enlightenment, and then that's when you get to go to like Nirvana. Not, not the, not the band. Not the band. Because you are Dalai Lama. Lama. <laughs> <laughs> it comes, you are Dalai Lama. <laughs> no, not at all. So yeah, that's pretty much the nasty situation. The Dalai Lama is a very old man and is going to end up dying fairly soon. So we could theoretically end up with two rival Dalai Lamas within the next 50 Whoa. to 100 years. Dalai Lama fight! You should have saw how fast <laughs> Kaylee like sat up because she was laying down. <laughs> it's like, I just imagine them like duking it out, like kangaroo fighting. But it's like they're gonna be little shovel. boys, aren't they? Like they're gonna be children. Well, this would be like if we ended up actually finding baby fight. It was like that woman who made a toddler da- uh, fight club at a daycare. Oh no! <laughs> what? Oh, no. There was a woman who was caught at a daycare setting up. Her and one other woman were setting up toddler fight club. 
and they were purposely taunting and like provoking the children and then like be like all right go and they would just like toddlers just beating up each other and then they like bet on it oh. have you seen that video of the the like it's like a little girl two little girls and little boys and the little boy you like poked my heart yeah, yeah like they're fighting the little girl pokes him in the chest and the little boy goes you poke my heart, and he like starts crying. He's like, "Why you poke my heart?" Except for, <laughs> except for it wasn't adorable. It was just like toddler straight up fist fighting. Yep. Oh. Street fighter. <laughs> tiny soft hands punching other K-O'd. tiny soft children. Is your elbow just another? Next week on baby fights. That was also something from Gravity Falls. Baby fights and just like two oh, babies yeah. and then like one like pushes the other one and, like That's and right. then Grunkle Stan is like Yeah. <laughs> anyway, right. back to the real baby fight. But the last thing I have is a picture of the real Panchalama before he was abducted. Aww. Aww. Look at those red cheeks. Yeah. Apparently it. the Chinese government has said that he's growing up fine and is living a happy life and I does mean, not that want sounds to be like disturbed. A lie. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like a, like straight up just bullshit. I remember watching, like, I took a uh, comparative studies in high school where we did, like, comparative religions and studied a whole bunch of other. And Buddhism was the coolest one. But my favorite. It's actually different from the rest of them. Yeah. But my favorite thing about Buddhism was, like, the way they find, quote unquote, find the next Dalai Lama is, like, they get, like, someone notifies them that they're, like, this kid might be the Dalai Lama. And then. I don't know. It's weird. It's do a you spiritual just, do you thing. you just make this up? No. <laughs> it's like finding the avatar. Yeah. yeah that's what I was kind of thinking. I feel like it. it's definitely based off of that. No shit. But. <laughs> well, no, like, avatar is based off of that. Yeah. Not the Dalai Lama. <laughs> yeah, the Dalai Lama. <laughs> no, that's, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> what they do is, like, the Panchen Lama, which I didn't know that's what he, that guy was called, mm. and, like, a couple other monks pack up a whole bunch of random items in, like, a sack, and they go to this kid's house, and they lay them all out, and they're like, you can have whatever you want. And if the kid chooses the one item that belonged to the previous Dalai Lama, that's the new Dalai Lama. That's how they know. That's how they know. But I remember, like, reading in one of the handouts she handed out that, like, this Dalai Lama, when they chose him, he picked up, like, the item that belonged to the last Dalai Lama and then walked up to one of the monks and started talking in a language that his parents didn't know. And it was, like, some kind of weird... Like, he started speaking a different language that the monk understood, but, like, no one else did. And he was like, how do you know how to say that? And he's like, I don't know! And he just, like, had this, like, thing, and he was, like, walking around. Kids are weird. Kids are weird. But reincarnation right. is real! But treat them right. Treat your babies right. First they're gonna reincarnate. Reincarnate! What is this episode gonna be called? It's either gonna be called the <laughs> last week on baby fights. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> toddler fist fights. Tod- uh, toddler fight club. Yeah. What else? Um, I don't know. You come as you are, Dalai Lama. Pretty good one. <laughs> you get to decide, Void. <laughs> you decide. I mean, judge. Judge. Mm. Judge Void. Mm. Judge Void. Judge Void. Big Fudge Judge. Big, Big Fudge, fudge Judge. judge. <laughs> <laughs> Episode title. <laughs> what? Anyway. All right. Strong I... Ranch. <laughs> Strong Ranch. Okay. The person that wins. Oh, you God. Kaylee, you're supposed to sad. Oh, I'm sorry. You're too sad. Okay, oh, I'm God. Sorry. Mine was way too sad, too. You're a Griffin, you win. Griffin, By you default. Win. <laughs> it was Griffin the least win. sad. Wow. Why yeah. do we do this to ourselves? Because we fucking suck. Um, Why is this a thing that we do where since we did the out- get or intro, should I also do outro? Yeah, do you want to do outro? Yeah, okay. Please actually. Do it. No, I think she should. Oh. Just, do you want me to do the outro? Yeah, okay. Psych, bitches. Um, there you go. <laughs> So if you literally <laughs> just wheezed so hard that all of the piles of Halloween candy wrappers just moved. That's my superpower is amazing. Oh no. <laughs> That's what? my superpower. What? Wait, what are your guys' low-key superpowers? Because I know what mine is. What's yours? Like, what's oversharing. Actually- oh, yeah. <laughs> Oversh- Okay, so your superpower is oversharing. Yeah. What's yours? I'm being really comfortable. Sweaty. No, the copious amounts of food that I can eat. Yeah, That's without true. While sweating. Yes, mm-hmm. while sweating. You get the meat sweats without eating meat. The meat the sweats. I get, I get the vegetable sweats. You get the food sweats. <laughs> what's what's your superpower, Griffin? Hmm. I think your hair. I think your ability yeah. to upkeep oh, all of that you're hair. You're basically Rapunzel. Pretty it's cool. true. Beautiful ginger Rapunzel. How long does it take Rapunzel to grow her hair? Uh, well, she was locked in a tower for like 
her whole life. Her whole life. Does your hair have healing powers? I don't know. Let me try to sing a magical song. I'm no longer a celiac. But you're still the little crab is still pinching you anyway. It's picky choosy. It's picky choosy. What's my low key superpower? Bitch face. Natural born bitch face. I also join you in that because oh. God, I look so I'm just bad all the time. weirdly friendly. You're so friendly. Can I make that a t-shirt? Weirdly, weirdly friendly, friendly with just your face That's on it going. So... <laughs> <laughs> that works so well. I'll try. That's your Christmas present, that. by the way. Do it. I'm making it for you. Weirdly friendly. Weirdly friendly. My and this picture has... of you going like this. Is your shirt of decline? Yes, decline. decline. Okay, I'm gonna make you a T-shirt that says "weirdly friendly." You one that says "declined." Master of ceremony. Grandpa <laughs> Griffin. No, just one that says "grandpa." Or with a griffin. What like the illustration yeah. of a griffin? Okay, it's that okay. or it has to say "grisfem." Grisfem. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, actual legit. I don't know how that happened? Okay, I it called was so the, good. I called the sushi place and the guy. He had like caller ID. He's like, it's for I don't know how to pronounce his name. Like the F are throwing me off and I thought it was normal because I like gave my name he's like okay and then I get there and read this it's just like oh it actually was throwing him off it definitely, <laughs> it definitely sounds like a medieval name it sounds like that would be like a D&D character yeah okay I don't remember ever giving that restaurant my legit name. legit outro that. okay um so yeah Griffin wins if you want to find Cedar she is at WH triple W triple H I M P triple H I M P on Instagram Griffin as is Griffin underscore hater, H A Y T E R. The void is. Find me at your local animal shelter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Donate to your local animal shelter. Please do that. Money. And if you don't money. have money, like, bring a bag of dog food. Mm. Yes. Um, Distribute it to all the animals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you imagine just feeding a turtle kernels of dog food? That would be unhealthy. Tortoises actually do get tortoise chow, which look like big That's chunks adorable. of dog food, but we just soak them. Okay. Uh, you can find me nowhere because I am an enigma. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but right now, if you haven't changed your Instagram tag to Tortoise Chow, like I'm gonna be so mad at true. you. Oh, so have good. an Instagram bio. No, no, um, like your your name your on name. Instagram should be Tortoise Chow, Tortoise, and then no Tortoise one will be Chow. able to find you find you because they can't type in your no real name. No one can still find me. Yeah, that's... Wait, wait, wait. We are flesh lemon. We are. No one is paying attention to the words I'm, I am I'm saying sorry. currently. I'm sorry. Um, I'm so distracted. I've seen so many. Peace out. <laughs> Macro enthusiasm. Micro, Micro research. research. Bye bye. <laughs> that's not how it ends. Oh my god.